Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. I don't know where to go from there. Um, we, we were starting, well, we've been on this thing for quite a while. Sorry, I'm rattled now. We're, um, we've been on this thing for quite a while now, following Jesus in all of life. If you were here last week, um, I taught a message um, on evangelism. I just wanted just to share on it just for a couple of minutes today, well, just for the first five minutes, uh, just to recap on some of the things, because today we want to look at the practical outworking, the practical application of that, and how it applies to our lives. So, Again, if you were here last week, please don't switch off at this point because this is hopefully something that will, uh, will bring some of these significant points back to your memory again. But last week, I suppose as we've been looking in this theme of following Jesus in all of life, obviously two of the big things that we said last week we wanted to be really focusing our attention around was what are some of the, the key rhythms or practices or habits that Jesus embedded in his life so that he could focus himself around two significant areas. Firstly, what it meant for him to be a son of the Father. We're all sons and daughters of God. So how do we, as sons and daughters, what are some of the things that we embed in our life, that we position ourselves, that we practice daily in our lives, that allow us just to to sit and be a son and a daughter of the Father, just to be in his presence. But also that Jesus wasn't just someone who was being in the presence and someone who was good at being still. Jesus was someone who knew what it was to be about the Father's business as well. There's a mission and a message of the kingdom uh, that we have to share. And yet the verse that we looked at last week was that actually that Jesus says that this is something that is for all followers. So if, if you, you probably might not remember this, but about three months ago, one of the times when I taught on this series, we looked at the significance of this word follow, what it means to follow. Sometimes, do you know how we used to play that game when you're younger, following the leader, where one person went in front and it was like there was a copying of it. That when it comes to this idea, it is almost like that Jesus will lead the way in some things and we would try to follow or replicate but it was if we think about it in sense of time Jesus has gone ahead of us in time has started something that now what it is for us as we follow is that we come behind him and continue that Jesus has done it first and has begun it and now us as the church we come behind and we continue what he has begun so this is the words that Jesus spoke we looked at this last week if you call yourself a believer if you say you're a Christian, it's one thing that is very easy, particularly in this nation, to say. In other nations, there's a real cost when we say words like that, that I believe in Jesus. But in this nation, it can seem very simple. If you're a believer of Jesus, this is what Jesus says back in return to you. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the same works that I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. It's like it's, it's, not, even a, it's not even up for debate Jesus is saying, if you're claiming his name, if you're saying you follow him, then this is what it is. He's gone before. He's begun these works. And now we as the church come behind him and continue these works in his name, being able to do it. This is what it means that the kingdom of heaven, as Jesus came and proclaimed it and lived it and demonstrated it, this is what we continue to do. And so what we looked at is that in terms of that idea of proclamation, then we said that there is a message that we have to say. There's a message that we have to share with people. This word evangelism uh, was the Greek word for it was the word euangelion and uh, the way that this is broken up this first part of it you means good the last part of this angelion means message or news so in very simple terms evangelism means good news this is what we proclaim the good news of the gospel Jesus loves us Jesus died for us Jesus rose to life it's good news his Holy Spirit is alive and present with us it's good news 
kingdom of God with us. It's good news. The other thing about this term is that in its context, this term evangelism, the word, this word euangelion, it was also used within a military sense. It was a, it was a proclamation or a declaration of victory. As nations went to battle and nations went to war, what would have happened was that the leader or particularly a king would have come and there would have been a, a euangelion, there would have been a proclamation of victory. We've won the victory is ours. This would have been declared over the enemies. This would have been declared over the other nations. We've won. We are victorious. And this is the significant thing, is that Jesus, as he begins his ministry, as he unrolls the scroll of the prophet Isaiah, and he declares this word, says what he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he's anointed me to proclaim good news. You and Galleon, Jesus is saying he's anointed me to proclaim victory. For the poor. He's anointed me to proclaim victory to the captives. He's anointed me to proclaim victory to the blind. He's anointed me to proclaim victory to those that are oppressed. If you're sensing any of these this morning, this is Jesus declares over your life his victory. This is what he comes. But the thing was, people wanted a Messiah that was going to come like a military power, just wipe everyone out. But Jesus doesn't come to do that. Jesus comes to release the kingdom of heaven on earth. And the whole point and principle of it is shalom, the peace of the kingdom of heaven. And this is the victory that is won. And obviously it was prophetic as well because he was going to have the victory over the enemy. But yet this is what the early church, the apostles and the early church, this is what they, in terms of this idea of evangelism, this is what they were doing. They were declaring victory in the name of Jesus. They were declaring this very thing, that Jesus is Lord in the midst of a society and a culture that was all about Roman rule and reign where they were declaring Caesar is Lord. They were like, no, it's not Caesar is Lord. It's Jesus is Lord. He's had the victory in our lives. And this is still what we proclaim today. This is still what we do in the sense of evangelism. We declare Jesus is Lord. Jesus is victorious. Jesus is Lord over certain situations, over our lives. That's what our testimony is all about. But we're able to declare the Lordship of Jesus in significant things. And Jesus, as he tells us to go about doing this, the beautiful thing about God is that God has made us all unique. God as Father looks at us all uniquely and individually. God as Father doesn't compare you with the person beside you. He's not what he ever does. He looks at you uniquely. And what happened was that as Christ, as he ascended to heaven and the gifts that he was parsed amongst the church so that we can continue his ministry here on earth, he gave us all different graces and abilities to do different things. So you should never compare your grace to someone else because what you're carrying is significant. But there are certain people, we looked at this last week, when it comes to Ephesians 4, and we look at the fivefold ministry, what we're told is that what God gave and what Christ gave to the church is not the gift of evangelism, but Christ gave the gift of evangelists. He gave people. Christ gave the gift of apostles. Christ gave the gift of pastors. Christ gave the gift of teachers and so on. Christ gave people, they were a gift to the church, people who were carrying a significant grace in certain things so that with the people who are carrying the grace of, of an evangelist, they're the ones that are going after the lost, but they're constantly the ones that are telling us, keep your eyes on the lost. They're the ones that are equipping the, men, or the saints for the ministry of all of us doing this. And so what we looked at last week was simply this line, we're not all called to be evangelists but yet you are called to be evangelistic. We're not all called to be evangelists, but yet you are all called to make disciples. Jesus told us that. We're not all called to be evangelists, but yet we are all called to make them known. And so this passage in Colossians, Paul taught us, he said, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Prayer that I may proclaim it clearly as I should be. So Paul saying this, listen, he, he's declared this. He says this is who he is. He says, I'm Paul, I'm an apostle, I'm an evangelist. 
And he's saying this to the church. He's saying, listen, as I carry out this grace of being an evangelist, as I proclaim and make Jesus known, would you pray for me? Would you pray that there would be open doors? Would you pray that I would speak with clarity? Would you pray that the message would just come across? That's why for many of the people who are carrying the grace of being an evangelist in their church, like Dixie and all up in the streets, Nigel, Neil, all those guys, Mark, all these guys that are carrying, many, many others that are carrying the grace of being an evangelist, our responsibility is to pray. Pray that there would just be a clarity in what they say. Pray that there would be an openness. But Paul, just like us as a leadership of the church, the last thing we're saying is, right, well then it's all over to them and we don't need to do anything. Because what Paul goes on to say is this, be wise in the way, this is what he says to the rest of the church, for the rest of you, be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer. Everyone, it's what we were saying last week, this is the whole point about how we live questionable lives. You should live your life in such a way, and we're going to look very practically about this today, you should live your life in such a way that people start to ask questions, what is so different about you? Why, why are you that way? And when you, people ask that, that you have a reason and a response for what it is, it's not as if that you're the ones that are necessarily preaching or proclaiming to people with the message, but it's that your very life is the message of Jesus. Your very life is the message that you've been saved and won by a love that is better than anything else that this world has to offer. And this is the very reason that we do all these things. So we're people that live questionable lives. This is what Phil called everyone, every day, everywhere. And just very finally, this was a quote we read last week, it summed this up. History has focused on the achievements of the leading figures of the early church, apostles, prophets, teachers, and evangelists, who played their part in knitting together a rapidly expanding movement. But they were the exception, not the rule. Overwhelmingly, early Christianity was spread not by professionals, but by ordinary people whose names and deeds went unrecorded. Through their social networks of relatives and friends, they reached the Hellenized Jews living outside Israel. It's people going about their daily lives, people in every fabric of society, people in their sphere of influence just living out their Jesus life and the Jesus ways. And because of that, numbers were added. Uh, people were numbered, added to their numbers daily, those that were being saved. Practically, we just want to look at right, what this means for us. And this is where I want to go today. It's one thing saying that, right? So we want to be evangelistic, we want to live out our lives before people. But what does it mean? Today, I just want to just like out one area of this. I'm very, very basically, what, just sum this up. We're going to be talking about what it means to bless people. We're going to talk about that in two different ways. We're going to look about what it means to practically bless people, how to demonstrate love to people and towards people, and how to live a questionable life in that way. And then also, secondly, we want to look at the end about what it means to release words of blessing how to speak and declare a blessing over people because this is something that is for all of us we're going to be saying but this has been something that's been part of the story of the people of God that you're caught up in and this is something that's for all of us to do. So we're going to be looking at this today. Is that all right? So the word bless, the thing when we come to this word bless is that it can mean different things to different people. We use it so easily like when people sneeze we say oh bless you. <laughs> Things like that. Sometimes with different ways and different contexts when we use this word, it can mean different things. We can lose the significance of it. Some uh, definitions or understanding of this. So to bless means firstly to consecrate something. To consecrate means to set it apart, make it holy, set it apart unto God. But to consecrate something either by a religious practice or by a spoken word. Many other people, for, for many other people, the word is used to confer prosperity or happiness upon someone. 
Some have described its meaning as to add strength to another's arm. In this respect, the word to bless others is to build them up, to fill them with encouragement for them to increase in strength and to prosper. So that phrase we looked at to add strength to another's arm, if you were to just pretty much to summarize what in essence it is talking about is that as we bless someone practically, the whole point of it is that it would relieve the burden. It would lift some of the burden of these people. So when Jesus, you know where he comes and he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There's something about when the kingdom is alive amongst us that there's something of the burdens being lifted off and burdens being shared in that way. It's what it means to bless. In terms of the God story, which we're going to look at a little bit later, some phrases. Again, this has been part of what it has been since the time of Abraham. We've been told that we would be a people that would be a blessing to the nations. God has blessed us so that we could be a blessing to others. It's part of our mandate. And here's the thing I'll say at the start, and I'll finish with it at the end again, is this. We are not to bless because of an agenda. Right? You have not to bless to try and strong arm someone to become a Christian or to get them to come to church. You have to bless simply because God has told us to bless. There's no other reason. Right? We are carriers of blessing. You have to bless because this is very, the very DNA and heart of what it means to be a Christian. What it means to be a child of God is that we are a people of blessing. And so when we bless, we are just acting and living out of who we are always meant to be. No agenda, no other reason. And we'll look about that again at the end. In fact, Jesus even says this, bless when it's hard. <laughs> bless those who persecute you, even when you do not feel like it. Bless. That's the very nature of that word that I love talking about all the time, agape love. It's sacrificial love. It's regardless of what's coming the other way, I'm going to choose to love you. I'm going to choose to bless. Very practically, when it comes to blessing, um, I read this book a while ago, I loved it, Michael Frost, it was by, and it's called Surprise the World, and he sets out three practical ways to be able to bless someone. We used this quite a number of years ago in church, but three practical ways of being able to demonstrate a blessing towards someone. One of them would be in this. Firstly, words of affirmation. Um, this, for me, is the simplest way to bless someone. When you speak an affirming word, you speak a word of life over someone. You could do this to someone face-to-face. -face. You could be very old-fashioned about it, and you could write someone a lovely written letter and put a little stamp on it and put it in the post box. Some of you remember doing that when you were courting someone. That's what you used to do. Now we're very modern. We can write things like a text message or a WhatsApp, or if you want to be very formal, an email or something, and write a word of encouragement. The whole point of this word of affirmation, it's that in this, this is where we speak, we identify, but we also speak out the person's worth. We identify and we speak out the person's worth. Gary Chapman actually lists words of affirmation as one of the five love languages. They're a verbal way to communicate love. So he says this, with verbal encouragement, we're trying to communicate, firstly, this, I know, I care, I'm with you, how can I help? We're trying to show that we believe in the person and in his or her abilities. We are giving credit and praise. It's this idea that for all of us, do you know why like Ephesians 2 verses 8 and 9 says, you know, for by grace you've been saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. We all know that, but actually it goes on to verse 10. It says, for he has created us and put a call upon us for good works created us for good works. And here's the thing is that there are good works and good purposes in all of our lives. And what sometimes needs to happen is we need to be a people that can recognize this and see it and affirm it in each other's life. What we seem to be as, I don't know if 
it's the easiest thing to do to say a critical word to someone, isn't it? Particularly with people you know. So let's look at the home context. Husbands, wives, sons, daughters, mums, dads, brothers, sisters. We can be so critical. It's easy to look and to pinpoint something that's wrong. It's a harder thing, but yet this is what we're meant to be as a people, to speak words of affirmation. Where we can look into someone and say, I see this in you, and I recognize in you, and it's good. Sometimes what people struggle is actually to see and identify any worth or any good in themselves. Sometimes people can be so critical of themselves. And what we need as, as the church and people who are alive in God, and this isn't something we just do in our home or in a church like this, but we do it in our homes in our very natural settings, is that we constantly are people who would speak words of affirmation. I know Laura will tell you this, I need to practice it more. <laughs> Right? We, we, we all need to be practicing this more, but we would identify things of worth in each other. When Laura says a word of affirmation to me, it means so much more. Not because she doesn't do it enough, but because I know that it's truth at that point. Because you can so easily just be critical at that point. So in our homes, some of these things, it's the words of life that we constantly speak. It's saying, I recognize in you, I see this in your life, and it's good. I saw when you did that, and I saw your ability to do that, and it's really good calling out words of affirmation. And in that, it's the whole point of encouragement about how we can be an encouraging people. In the New Testament, there was a man whose name was Joseph. And it says this in Acts 4. Now, Joseph, a Levite of Cyprian birth, who was also called Barnabas by the apostles, which translated means son of encouragement. This man, Joseph, he had a nickname, right? The apostles gave him a nickname, which was son of encouragement, right? That would be a nice nickname to have, wouldn't it? Some people have some nicknames that have just stuck over the years. They probably haven't been meant in the nicest of ways. Imagine this, son of encouragement, because this is just what he was about. It was just like he just constantly was encouraging all the time. It's like, you're so good at that. Oh, you're so good at that. Some people find that annoying, but imagine like just being encouraging all the time is what we want to be about. Um, he was here first service, good friend of mine, Mark Emerson. He uses this phrase all the time. He says, everyone needs a Barnabas. I know he says it in a jokey way, but it may, he means it, and he's, he's an encouraging person himself, but this is what we need to be about. And as the church, wouldn't it be great just to just constantly so be practicing this in your life groups and different things, but even just with people that we see, just in the family of faith, being able to point out the best in each other, being able to point out the worth in each other, being able to point out the God-given, uh, unordained identity and gifts and talents and abilities in each other's lives. Wouldn't that be great? It's what we are to be, but not just in here, but in an outward focused way that we speak it over people's lives. So think in your work. Last week I asked you to think about some people in your work situation that you would love to bless. Imagine a way of blessing just that you could look at someone and be able to speak a word of affirmation. See this in your life. It's really good. Imagine if you're, if you're a boss or a business person, not just because it can so easily be that you just want to talk about the things people are doing wrong to increase productivity, but rather that... Your disposition would be, listen, I've seen this in you, and it's so good. I want to just say, well done. That's affirming. It's encouraging. It would be great to be about that more and more. Two other things really briefly in this. Acts of kindness is another one. Um, this is where you um, do someone a good favor, provide some sort of practical support. It could be, I don't do this all the time, but I've done it sometimes. It could be cutting the neighbor's lawn while you're cutting your own. It doesn't cost anything that while you've got your lawnmower out just to roll it across into the next door neighbor's garden and to cut their lawn as well. It could be if you see some people living around you, people who are maybe new parents and you just recognize or some of your family that are new parents or your friends and they just, 
they're, they're burnt out and they just need out for a night that you're willing to babysit, whatever it is. If you see someone with financial difficulties that you're willing just to help, whatever it is in terms of these acts of kindness, the whole point of an act of kindness, again, is that it's meant to be something that relieves the burden. It's like it's in someone's to-do list and it's just something that actually by you doing it, it's just been like, they've been able to breathe just that wee bit better. This is the whole point of blessing. It's that it, it's meant to relieve burden. There's a lightness to it. And also one of the things that happens in this that we can demonstrate it through is gifts. God is a generous God. John 3.16 says that for God's love the world that he gave. Jesus loved us so much that he gave us his life. He laid it down. And at the heart of love is the spirit of giving. A gift is a symbol of that thought. Gifts can come in lots of different ways. They don't all have to cost money. One of the best things that you can bless someone with and gift someone with is your time. To say to someone, you're worth my time. If we want to follow Jesus in our lives, then the practice of generosity must be one of our core values. At the very heart and essence of God, it's a heart to give. This, these are all these ways that we could practically demonstrate a blessing to people. We could practically bless someone with just in these practical ways. Some people are really good at doing it. For some people in the room, it just that seems a bit awkward. <laughs> like even the fact that I'm saying it, you're like, oh, I don't know how I would do that. That would seem a bit weird if I was to go and wrap my neighbor and say, do you want me to cut your lawn, right? Let me, can I just say two or three things? Now, sometimes don't ask if someone wants you to do it because it makes them feel awkward. Sometimes just do something to bless someone. <laughs> Right? You don't have to ask because more than likely they'll say no because they'll think that there's a catch in it <laughs> or you're after money. <laughs> right? You know what I mean? So just, just bless someone. right? And when it comes to this idea of blessing, again, the reason why you're doing it is because you want the person to be blessed. As the people of God, this is what we are. We are to make, allow people to experience the blessing that we've received. Do not lead in with it and say, listen, I'm a Christian and uh, I would love you to know about Jesus' love, so would you want me to cut your lawn? <laughs> Right? Or I'm a Christian, I would love you to, ex be, to experience something of the kindness of God. So it's okay if I buy you a coffee. Right? Buy someone a coffee. Yeah. Cut their lawn. Yeah. Right? And just allow them to receive a blessing. If they ask questions, it's a different thing. Right? But we just bless people for the sake of blessing. It's what it means to be a kingdom people. Do you get that? So we'd be very practical. The other thing, though, is just that we need to be releasers of blessing. In the spoken word, that there's something powerful about our words. Sometimes that we have an ability, again, just to tear down, right? We love to do the work of the enemy for him. John 10.10 10 tells us that. He's the one that steals, kills, and destroys. And man, we so easily join him with him by the words that we speak about people. We tear people down. We cut people to shreds. It's just what our culture are about. It's like a dog-eat-dog -dog society where it's like you're number one, everyone else is secondary, so it doesn't matter. Let's just get up, people. This is not what the kingdom people are meant to be about. So we're meant to be those that bless, we're meant to be people that speak words of life and release blessing over one another. And so when it comes to this, we, we need to recognize this is Jesus' principle. He says, truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Listen to these words. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. As, as people who are carriers of the presence of God. Listen, this is why I'm saying if we want to, we're, we're going to be doing this over the summer as we look through some of the, uh, one of the gospels and look at the life of Jesus. But as we look at the person of Jesus, Jesus embodied Jesus embodied everything about the kingdom and he was mobile with it. And as he walked, 
what he did was that he was very watchful. And there were certain things that he recognized that some things need bound. And it's into these situations that he wanted to release almost the opposite spirit of what was at work, what was against people at that time. And this is what we need to be about as kingdom people, that as we go about our business and as we go about our lives and as we go about changing nappies and as we go about making meals at home and as you go about your everyday, whatever it is you're doing, is that we're people that are always watchful. The Bible's clear in this. It says, watch and pray. Watch and pray. I said this the first service and I didn't have it down to say, so I feel the Holy Spirit saying this. But one of the things we always pray is, Lord, would you give us eyes to see and ears to hear? Have you ever prayed that for yourself? And usually we're just praying it for yourself. God, I want to know your heart. I want to know what you want me to do. Would you give me eyes to see and ears to hear what you're saying to me? It's a good prayer to pray. But imagine if this was part of what it meant to be the mandate that's upon us as carriers and releasers of blessing. That each day as you're going into your work, it's God, would you give me eyes to see and ears to hear what it is you want me to do today? Because Jesus was constantly listening and constantly watching. And as he went about, this is why he was able to see and point and release healing and different things upon people's lives. Imagine that if you're business owners, some of the meetings that you go into, the, the, the mindset and the mandate you go in with is actually this prayer, God, would you give me eyes to see and ears to hear? That sometimes when things are going wrong in business or in people's lives or some of the different circumstances and situations that you face that actually you're able to just pinpoint. It can be a word of knowledge, but it's actually just that the Holy Spirit just releases a prayer of blessing on something, that there's a binding of some, some things that are at work against people's lives. And sometimes this is very obvious. Some people are telling you. The other way thing I would say in that is this. I said this last week. The best way for you to be able to evangelize and to share Jesus with someone is in the place of relationship. And what that means is that you hear what is going on in someone's life. Again, you take time to hear what's going on with someone. In that moment, in the hearing, that's where you can be very practical about the blessing that you want to release over someone's life. This is something that's significant. Just some things on this. Macarius, this is another word for blessing, refers to the highest type of well-being possible to human beings. This is what you're releasing over someone in the blessing. Even as they go through difficulties, they can sense the sense of peace. This is what it means to be blessed. When Jesus declares this in the Beatitudes, he says, blessed are the poor, blessed are those who mourn. Even as you go through negative situations, you still sense peace because this is what it means to be blessed. This is what we release. The people can experience something of a, what is that feeling? Even though they're going through tough times in their life. This is what it means to be the people of God. So again, back at this, uh, the beginning of our story, in the God story, God speaks this over Father Abraham. He's called the father of the faith. And uh, it says this, and I will make you a great nation. This was God's promise to Abraham. And I will bless you, Abraham, and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. First thing in this, this is the principle of what it means if you have been blessed by God. I will bless you so that you will be a blessing. Imagine this, that it's not all about you. <laughs> I have blessed you so that you will be a blessing. And then secondly, and then this is where we read us into the God story part specifically. And through your descendants, Father Abraham is not just about the father of the Jews, because we read this about how the Gentiles, we the Gentiles have been grafted into the story. Abraham, who was the father and the beginner of God's blessing coming down the lineage, says this, through your descendants, through us, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. This nation will be blessed. Your town, 
blessed, your street, blessed by who? By God as we pray, through your descendants. Sometimes it's so easy to pray, God, would you bless these people? But you know what? Sometimes God wants your answers for your prayers to be you. Release the blessing yourself. You're a carrier of it. It's what it means to be kingdom people. It's what it means to be people who are carrying the authority of Jesus and the power of Jesus. It's not just about the miracles. It's not just about the deliverances, but it's that actually by the authority that we carry, we can release blessing upon people. We can bind and loose. Through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. This is where we, we get to join in with us. Very briefly, some examples of people and situations that are blessed. Children are blessed. We read this in the story. Surely I say to you, whoever does not, this is Jesus saying this, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. And he took them up in his arms and blessed them. Listen, if your parents bless your children, pray words of blessing and life over your children. It's the most significant thing to do. You're praying the abundance of God upon your children. We're going to look again just exactly what this means. People were blessed. Work read this earlier. And he led the disciples up as far as Bethany and he lifted up his hands over them and blessed them. We can do this way. We pray prayers of blessing over people. Places were blessed. Whatever house you enter, first say peace to this house. Release a blessing of peace, whatever it is, as you go about your work. Do you know why sometimes you go into places and you just feel that there's, oh, there's just something not right? Or you feel like, you know why you go in and you feel like, oh, there's, there's, you can almost sense that there's like, you can name it. There's like a spirit that's at work or there's like a something in the atmosphere, people would say, and it feels a bit yucky. Sometimes that's where it's in things like this in situations and in places. We can release a blessing. Firstly, we can bind that. Whatever is causing this thing to be toxic in the atmosphere, we have the ability and the power, not on our own strength, but in the power and might of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we have the power and ability and the right to bind it, but we can release the opposite. We can lose blessing. So imagine that sitting in your staff room and just praying, God, I just want to just bless God all the staff in this room. God, I just bless this room. I bless it with your presence. I bless it with your peace. I pray that everyone comes into this room and just experience your blessing. You've the, you have the God-given right and, and authority to be able to do that in Jesus' name. It's what it means to be a Christian. We're going on following Christ in this way. Enemies were blessed. God says this even when it's tough. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, bless those who persecute you, Paul says in Romans. And even for us as the people of God, we did this this morning, God is blessed. Bless the Lord your God. Psalm 103 verse 2, bless the Lord, O my soul. James 3 verse 9, with it we bless our God and Father. And for me, just one of the things I wanted to say, I felt just this week, just reading through some of these, one of the things I just want to be really clear on, for me, this is the whole hope and heart of why we bless Blessing leads to fruitfulness. As we read in the opening verses in Genesis 1, God blessed them, saying, be fruitful and multiply. This was the result of blessing as God blessed them. The result of blessing was fruitfulness and multiplication. There was abundance in people's lives. Listen, what Jesus does, do you know the feeding miracles with the 5,000? And Jesus is sitting with at least 5,000 men in front of him, plus women and children. And he's got five loaves and two fish. If it was you and me, we'd probably be freaking out, thinking, quick, run. People are going to think we're stupid. Jesus gets the food. He realizes this is an opportunity with the little that he has in his hand. And he lifts it up. And we're told the first thing that he does is what? He blesses it. He releases a blessing over this food. Let's not miss the significance of this. He releases supernatural abundance, fruitfulness, multiplication over this. And what happens is that the disciples actually are the ones that are the dispensers of the result of Jesus' blessing. When they get the food and they start passing it out, it's because Jesus has already blessed them. Do you get this? 
There's a fruitfulness. There's an abundance that's being released. This is what we want to release over people's lives. This is what we want to release over situations. This is what we want to release over places. This is the mission of God upon us. This is what it means to be about the Father's business. If we're going to follow Jesus in all of life, rather than it being a snazzy wee title and saying this is the definition of our discipleship, blah, blah, blah. I don't care what our definition is. Just be about it. Just do it. i got to remind myself this. Just do it. Let us be a people that are watching and praying every single day. So for some of you in your homes, be watchful. I was saying this this morning. Sometimes, you know, Again, we can be so critical over people that we know. Be watchful in those moments. Sometimes it's the unspoken things that we really need to go to the heart of. Words are like the tip of the iceberg. There's stuff usually deep-rooted below it that we really need to be praying and releasing our blessing over. We need to be praying into. It's not the words Words are the external expression of what's really going on. And it's the unseen things. And this, for me, is where your prayer needs to be. God, would you give me eyes to see, ears to hear? If you have frustrations in your home with husband, wife, children to parents, parents to children, and you just, like, it's just a frustration of, constantly, and, like, and then it ends up being the negative words that are just constantly said, let it be. God, would you give me eyes to see, ears to hear what's really going on in this? God, is there something I need to bind? God, is there something I need to lose? And do you know what? Just even practically, this is one of the things, I'm not saying like your husband or your wife is like your enemy, he's persecuting you, right? But regardless of what's coming the other way, Jesus says, bless. Imagine that this is a thing that diffuses some of those tensions in the home is that you're constantly acting out of a place of, I want to bless you. I want to speak words of life and love over you. I want to, I want to be kind <laughs> I know I said earlier, one of the practical things about blessing people is just acts of kindness. But you know what? We shouldn't have to preach that. It should just be who we are. Kindness doesn't cost us anything. It's part of the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. The more and more of the Spirit we have alive in us, the more natural this flows out of us. So start releasing this, even even in your home. I've gone way off tangent. I don't know where I am now. Let's, let's just pray for some things. What I just simply wanted to end with is this, what it actually means to, to release a blessing. Um, one of the things I would do, you know this passage, um, sorry, I should have said this, God has called us to bless again. This is the reason you bless. It's not, let's not be strategic, right? That, so this week, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to do this because I want to bless you and you're going to be saved, right? I know you really want someone saved. That is ultimately the goal. We want that, right? And God wants that. But we just bless because we want to bless and God wants to bless people, all right? That's why we want to do what we do. I love this in Numbers chapter 6. If you want to pray, this is a good prayer to learn. But again, not to release this in a ritualistic way, but sometimes it's just good to have some, some prayers to pray. Over our kids, some nights when I'm lying with them, I'll pray this over them. You know, I'll pray this in church as well. Um, but we'll just pray this. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. I think this one says the Lord lift his countenance upon you, but no one really knows what that means. But so there's some translations say the Lord turn his face towards you and show you his peace. And it's a releasing of blessing. What I would simply say is this. If you want to bless someone, get to know what they really need blessing for. So we're, what I would love us to do before the guys come up in a little second, I'm going to get us just to practice this. Right, so this is where it could get awkward, right? 
This is where some of you are going to be like, oh, no, don't do that. We just came to sit here and listen to go home, right? I want you to practice. Because here's the thing. It's one thing for me to say, guys, we want you to release blessing. But you're not naturally going to do it out there if we can't even do it in the safety of in here, <laughs> right? What I would love you to do is to turn with the person beside you. And hear me in this. What I would love you to do first is we're going to pray a blessing over them. But I want you to ask them to say, is there anything that I could pray for you for blessing for? So if work was to say to me, yeah, I just, I just need blessing for my business, right? The last thing we want to do is to stand up and say, like a five-minute prayer of God, oh, Heavenly Father, thank you for your blessings in every part of our lives and blah, blah, blah. I just want to pray quickly a prayer of blessing. Do you know what? For someone who's, for people here who do not know Jesus, we lose them with our long prayers, right, on our long words. Imagine if work, work's not a Christian. It's hard to believe. And, uh, and he was saying to me, I, I just need prayer for my business, I just want to just pray. It's the naming it. It's just setting it out in front of God and bringing it and just say, God, I just want to just pray a blessing over works business in the name of Jesus. That's it. If you're asking someone, can I pray for you? Imagine being able to do that. It's just simple prayer. It doesn't have to be long. Because it can make people feel awkward if it's a long prayer and they're like, what am I meant to just stir my feet? Sometimes it can just be, you know, just, can I just pray just a really quick prayer for you? Just want to pray a prayer. I just want to release, pray a blessing over works business in the name of Jesus. Amen. But sometimes it's just an asking that. It's this, what, what could I pray for you? What could I pray a blessing over your life for? What I love you to do, just about Johnny and the guys come and then we're going to stand corporately and pray. I want you to turn to the person beside you. Um, work, Lord, doesn't like doing this sort of stuff. So you're going to have to drag it out of her. All right. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, why, why don't you turn to the person beside you and uh, if you could just ask them, just say, right, is there anything I could pray for you? I just want to pray a blessing of you. What's one thing I could pray and ask God to bless? And then when you've done that, you've heard it, just pray, quick prayer. Just God, I just bless whatever it is in the name of Jesus. We do that. Turn around with the people beside you. All right, move on to the next person if you haven't swapped.
All right, why don't you stand to your feet, can you? Again, I don't want in any way to make anyone feel awkward or uncomfortable this morning. I just would, it's moments like this when we're with the family, we get to practice the family stuff. When you're with the family, you get to practice the family stuff. You get to be about what the family actually do. So that's why we want to use the safety of this. This week, I just really encourage you, have your eyes open, ears open as you go out. Ask the Spirit to be speaking. When you're at home every day, ask the Spirit to be speaking. Going into your work, different meetings, different circumstances, different places, ask the Spirit to speak. We're just going to pray this prayer of blessing. You know, this is a prayer we pray. So if we're talking about places, we want to pray a blessing over this town, for city, for the nations. This is the significance of what I mean to release blessing. We are, we have been blessed. Guys, this is again, whether we do it practically or words with individually, this is us where we step into our call. This is in the DNA of who we are. We are the descendants of Abraham right back to the very beginning time. We have been blessed that through us the nations would be blessed. So let's join in with our part of who we're to be about. The guys will lead us in worship and then work will close. Let's pray this after three. One, two, three. Craig Avon, Lurgan, Portadown, Ireland. We bless you in the name of the Lord. May you be blessed in the town and in the country. May you be increasingly aware of the smile and the goodness of God resting upon you. May you be blessed with revelation of the spirit of adoption to become true sons and daughters of God. We bless you with the honor you were destined to know and to overflow with. May you be blessed with righteousness raining down from heaven and salvation springing up from the ground. As we give unto the Lord, we sow with generosity and in faith, believing for the shalom of the kingdom of God to reign in this city and nation. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.